Welcome to What We Stream. What We Stream. Oh, wow. What was that? Yeah, we got a hype crowd here. It's all the hype. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Oh, man. I just realized my MacBook, the, the little touch strip is broken. Oh, really? Like yeah. the, the touch bar thing? Yeah. So I can't figure out which one's the volume and which one. There it is. Okay. Oh. Got it. Cool. Oh, good morning. World. <laughs> good morning, world. You're listening to this on Tuesday morning, uh, I guess, like US time. Yeah. Uh, I'm just easing you into your day if that's when you're listening. Um, as a matter of fact, do we get analytics about when we're listened to or not really? Not really. I just check, uh, you know, hour per hour and I'll be like after two hours, okay, this number plays. And then after five hours, uh, more or not, or, you know, whatever happens, Yeah. but that, that is the extent of my, uh, of our, you know, hour per hour, mm-hmm. you know, monitoring capabilities. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not very high tech. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Anchor. Uh, but, um, you know, what are we talking about today? Well, um, I watched a few things this week. Um, I was lucky enough to be in front of a TV a lot and, uh, I try to mix it up. I don't like sticking to one thing. I don't, uh, like, um, you know, I like getting into TV shows, but not like so into it that like everything else is inferior. I like keeping an open mind and look, watching other stuff. So because of that, this week I watched a depressing ass movie called Blonde. Blonde. Okay, yeah. I seen seen Blonde, the no controversial movie. The controversial movie came coming out. That's gonna be more it's controversial for a lot of reasons. And uh, we're gonna add some controversy by being two men on the internet talking to these young kids about a movie about a woman. So Ooh, controversy. We're really building the stakes here. We're building the stakes here. We're, we're, we're not just a, what we're, we stream. We're, we're building expectations. We're, we're, we're here to, you know, get on the hype train, as as you kids say. <laughs> we're, we're all like about that You make that it heat. sound like we're like 60 years old or something. <laughs> you youngsters no, who are, ab- according well, to funny, my analytics, we... the same age as we are. Because like we really are at that age, like Cardi B is around our age and even she's like posting videos of like, mm-hmm. you know, things happening in classrooms and she's like, back in my day, we would never have done that to a teacher. And it's kind of like, it's like part of it, I'm like, yeah, you're right. But my other part of it is like, wow, even Cardi B is at the age where she has to say back in my day to these kids. Yeah. And it's like, you know, what? Hey, let's embrace you it. Know- teenagers suck in any age you know like yeah. in any in any epoch uh era you know yeah. well, that's the word i'm looking for yeah uh, <laughs> haven't you noticed that most historical stories are about like like a piece of shit teenager that just wants his way and that's how like countries yeah. are formed and that's how like <laughs> that's how rebellions happen and so just like a teenager with that personality just came out and good things and bad things have happened because of it but yeah i mean yeah. he he or she either built a country or destroyed one uh, yeah exactly <laughs> those motivations and so, they're just 15 you know or just really yeah, they're like i will take over one day yeah you know you'll take over my town and then he took over as a country you know so it's like um little shit yeah. little shit i don't right. think about napoleon right now but you know, a lot of other examples yeah <laughs> i think people used to make fun of him because of his height and nobody he really like, knew I how small but i am big nobody really yeah. knew how tall he was like apparently yeah. he was like five eight which is my height so like screw you guys whoever made <laughs> whoever caught him short but like uh yeah shot well maybe he was short when he was like a cadet like a teenager right like he had yeah. he he was a late bloomer probably and he was like shorter than everyone else yeah. I'm, I'm 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 not saying this is true i'm just imagining but it's like uh you know he he may have been a late bloomer and then like until he was because like they used to send kids to the art like boys to the army like pretty early especially if they were like being groomed to be like you know officers and shit 
So like, you know, you'd be sent off at like age 12 or something. And then, but you know, you were probably very short. And if you're a late bloomer, you're going to be short until you're like 16 or 17 or even 18. And then like, you know, and then when he actually got some power, they're like, oh, everyone said he was short, but actually he's not that short anymore. But, you know, let's make fun of him because it pisses him off and we like to fuck with him, you know. (laughs) He is average height. Oh, no. His average height. It's sounding more Irish there. I have no idea what action I'm doing. His average height. He's an average height for all our Irish listeners out there. And we have a few of those, actually. So, you know. Yeah. Your second biggest uh, listenership. Uh, our, yeah, that's right. Our second list. Like biggest. number one is US, number two is Ireland. Yeah. So, yeah. And uh, so I don't know much about Blonde. And uh, I heard that Ana de Armas is playing Marilyn Monroe. Like, what did you think about Ana de Armas playing, you know, Marilyn Monroe? Well, she was the best part of the movie. I will say that right off the bat, like without her performance, like every so often there's a movie that comes out. There, there are, every so often there are movies that come out or like most of the time where basically you can replace the actor, the lead actor or any actor with mm-hmm. anybody and it'll still be the same movie. And then there's those movies that kind of like need the lead actor, actress to be who that person is. Like it's a showcase for their skills. And for her, Ana de Armas, this is like, this is her movie. This is like mm-hmm. basically her calling card for any like future roles. She kind of, re- she kind of reminds me a lot about, of like Taraji P. Henson in that like Taraji P. Henson what started her career and was able to be like, not started, but somewhere along in her career, she's able to play like these very like meek and very kind of like, I want to say subservient, but like these kinds of roles where she's very kind of like shy and whatever, but then she can also play these roles where she's like fiery and in your face and gets what she wants. And you believe Mm -hmm. both. It's not like, Oh, the shy actress is playing somebody with that's fiery or the fiery actress is playing somebody that's shy. It's like, you believe both. And Ana de Armas is because I think she's going to be another one of those actresses because she can be a bond girl uh, she can be a horror movie murderer, like with Keanu Reeves, and you believe it. Mm-hmm. But she can also do this Marilyn Monroe thing where they basically, you you basically feel for her the entire time. Like, it feels like you're watching a puppy that needs to be saved and he can't do shit. That's, that, that's what this movie felt like. It felt, but it's like, that's actually part of the controversy too, is mm-hmm. that, you know, they're taking this real historical at this point, historical figure, basically the person that, you know, along with like Andy Warhol and all that kind of launched pop culture as mm-hmm. like a medium or like, you know, became like the a, template. A thing. Yeah, yeah became the template for like future kind of like what modern pop culture would be, especially like post-World War II, because apparently that was the trigger point post-World War II that made it everybody like you know really want to create and consume very kind of like mass manufactured content for entertainment and Marilyn Monroe's career actually started in what like the 30s or 40s or so but it blew up because over time there there were there she she got into film she got into playboy she got involved with like all these different people so her, her career didn't start like with post-World War II, but it like blew up. Anyway, um, a big part of the controversy of this movie is that a majority of it is made up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it's not an accurate retelling of her life at all. And it's as if you got a really artsy filmmaker told them make a movie about Marilyn Monroe. And they were like, we have to make, the audience feel and then the filmmaker and then like the author that made the book just like throws in a bunch of like explicit artsy painful stuff to watch because they're like art Ah." yeah so that's that that's what this movie basically was but like i don't really take biopics especially 
anymore uh, like biopics for face value too much anymore because um like years ago i had a conversation with somebody um about biopics and it was about a very specific biopic and it was and she said and i might be messing up her quote here she said like this movie that we're talking about may not be the or the that we were talking about during the conversation may not be the exact story but it is the story of so many people like him or her in this situation mm-hmm. and that's kind of what clicked when it started to click for me that like a biopic doesn't have to be an accurate retelling it can serve as basically a I would call it like an avatar. The movie itself could serve as an avatar for people that have been through similar situations that have, you know, led those kinds of lives that have, even if they weren't in the exact same situations, even if it wasn't as explicit, this movie and how it makes you feel is the same way that they felt. It's, it feels as if this movie is trying to give you the feel. It, it goes, it, it dials things up to 100 or to 11, whatever spawns have, it dials things up to 11 in order to give you the feeling of what people in her situation in, or people in similar situations feel like. If right. that makes sense. So, yeah. that's, so uh, that's, that, that's basically it. Like, I feel like this movie could, could have skirted a lot of controversy if they just changed the name of, you know, the character. Cause a lot of, yeah. Cause a lot of movies do that where it's like, like grace of my heart was basically the story. I think it was Carol King, but you know, they changed the, and they changed the, the lead character's name. And then because of that, they're able to kind of like, you know, take a few more liberties and dream girls, right. Dream girls was like the story of the Supremes. But mm-hmm. you call it dream girls and you change the names of the characters, you know, you are now allowed to have some kind of like leadway and stuff. But yeah. And like we talked about on this podcast before, this is the attention seeking era. This is the era where, you know, Seth Rogen was encouraged to use the actual Kim Jong Un as a character and not, you know, say this like random dictator that we're winking at, you know what I mean? We're in the time mm-hmm. where like, if you want some, if you want some like press about this movie, cause some controversy, you're going to say this is Marilyn Monroe. You're not going to say this is um, a blonde pinup model or actress inspired by Mar- Marilyn Monroe. Because that's basically what this yeah. movie is. But by using her actual name, it's like, you know, yeah, it's like confusing it, it, by using her actual name, you cause the controversy. And now. The controversy equals press. And, you know, I know we live in a social media time and whatever, but at the end of the day, press is still press. You know? Yeah. It's like, I mean, they probably did it on purpose. I mean, it's like saying, well, it's our, it's an artistic, you know, retelling of uh, Marilyn Monroe's life, even though, you know, it's, we don't follow what actually happened, but you know what, uh you know they're taking artistic liberties and everything yeah it probably wouldn't have made the same kind of impact um or controversy if they had just said well uh it, she's kind of a marilyn monroe-esque character yeah. and you know this is an artistic version of whatever like i mean i think um you know I'm sure they they knew that there was going to be some controversy because I mean she she's a or you know as a historical figure she is a controversial figure yeah and you know I think well I haven't seen the movie but you know even before seeing it that's what I kind of read about it yeah. like even in the description it's like well this is kind of a loose interpretation of of her life yeah and with flashes and things and and uh, um. Yeah, it does like it's more art house and less documentary. Yeah. But, it's weird because um, yeah, it's like because it I think it was Cannes Film Festival, but yeah, there was a film festival where this movie got like a 14-minute standing ovation. And mm-hmm. now it's on Netflix for like the broadest audience possible. 
like Netflix is basically like CBS and NBC at this point. It's like the thing that has the broadest audience. And once you do that, now it's being like called like sexes and crude and this and that. And it's just a matter of like, you're playing the same movie for different audiences. So you're going to get different mm -hmm. reactions. Like you're going to get a different reaction from people that have spent money on plane tickets, spent money on the festival, spent money to see, you know, like put all that effort into watching a movie. You're going to get mm -hmm. a different reaction from that kind of audience than from the people that pay $9 a month for Netflix and use that for like everything. So yeah. that, that, that's just, it, it's just interesting. Cause like, I think we're now in a time where like every streaming service, every film festival, everything has like a different audience now. And it's, it's just interesting watching the same content, just like go between audiences and like how it's interpreted. Like this, this was definitely meant for interpretation and Netflix has kind of built its name on controversy for yeah, the past few of, yeah. years, like yeah. more than, more than anything like like you know dave Chappelle and all of that and it's like at the end of the day like we were in advertising you read you open a news article you see the word netflix like how many times that's kind of the goal of netflix if yeah they're I mean, if they're a regular ass company like everybody else you just want the word netflix to be in front of people's face as much as possible <laughs> yeah definitely i mean um you know what I saw this week and kind of ties into it thematically is uh, I actually watched Succession for the first time this week. Oh, and nice. I've gone through two seasons. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and it's sort of like, you know, they always keep talking about like, what's the narrative? What's the story? Because, you know, for people who don't know what Succession is, it's a kind of a, also inspired by Rupert Murdoch's life, I guess. or Well, not yeah. his life, but like his position as like you know the head of one of the biggest uh, news mm -hmm. corporations in, in the world yeah. and um so like uh, you know this is an hbo tv show called succession and so it's all about how his children or who will take over the reins mm -hmm. when he eventually you know gets too old or you know whatever mm -hmm. and uh it's just like and it's so awesome to, it's like game of thrones but like in a corporation Mm -hmm. uh but it yeah it kind of like since it's all tied to the news thing it's always like what well, controversy oh well that's good if it's that type of controversy if it's like this oh well that's good and then yeah. i feel like the whole like blonde you know thing where it's like well it's uh you know i think um you know it's like well it's not a, it's not really her her life stories where you know we're gonna do whatever the the hell we want mm -hmm. and um the one thing that really surprised me was the casting. Like yeah. she, Anna Darmas, like I never would have thought of her as like a Marilyn Monroe, but like once they put her in like the makeup and everything, I was like, like she looks almost exactly the same. Yeah. Like she looks so similar to Marilyn Monroe. It's insane. Yeah. And apparently there's like um, you know, there's there that that there's like a debate right there whether or not Marilyn Monroe was actually um hispanic or latino mm -hmm. latina or um or um, more specifically mexican because mm -hmm. like i i don't want to sound wrong or anything but i think but it's like like mexican once you're in mexico is just more of like an overall term like american basically is like you could be different races originally like from the source and it's kind of like if you were kind of like born and raised in Mexico, then you could be considered Mexican, you know, kind of like how Louis C.K. says he's Mexican. So it's kind of like with, um, what was I saying? With um, on a, with uh, Marilyn Monroe, apparently she may have spent her early years in Mexico. Oh. And I think her dad may have actually had Mexican blood. Don't quote me on this, people. But that's kind of like part of the controversy. And apparently there's another Marilyn Monroe movie coming out that's going to focus more on that aspect because that aspect tends to be like pushed under the rug. And apparently that was a big part of her career was having her heritage and her birth kind of like pushed under the rug so that she can be, oh. you know, the Marilyn Monroe that everybody sees. Right. So it's... um. So... 
yeah, maybe that, I don't know if that exactly is right, because Ana de Armas, is a, she's Cuban, but, you know, part of me is wondering if that was kind of what they were trying to sneak in there, I guess. <laughs> the filmmaker is like, kind of like hint, hinting, wink, winking at the audience, kind of like, you know, Marilyn Monroe may not be 100%, you know, white. <laughs> she might not, if you're the kind of person that thinks or cares about that kind of thing, you may be wrong. So it's like, I, it, it's weird because you could tell this director is like an artsy fartsy type. So there are certain things in this movie that are subtle, like certain castings and whatnot, where I'm like, I think they're trying to do something here. But like, I don't know for sure, but I'm like, I think they're, they're trying to say something. This whole movie and like my biggest note about the movie, this feels like the Joker with no like you know um like with, with no playoff. Su- like super not, villain you know transformation or <laughs> what was i gonna say not not playoff <laughs> what's the word for like like a punchline or like a payoff oh, yeah it's no joker with payoff. no payoff it feels like a big build-up with like no you know release at the end this whole movie yeah. it feels it, it, if you watch this movie it really feels like two watching two and a half hours of somebody just like losing their mind from like all their situations but there's no payoff like you kind of want to see Marilyn Monroe become become the Joker at the end like if they want to go if they want to go even more if this was going to be like more of a broad audience Mm -hmm. film they would she would have just like killed somebody at the end and everybody would have been like yeah Yeah. Marilyn Monroe but no this was just two and a half hours of just like feeling like shit (laughs) it's like (laughs) Oh, so it, it felt like it was building. It felt like a supervillain origin story without the actually becoming the supervillain at the end. So it's like that. That's that's why I don't mind. Like, uh, and I, I wrote this down too. That um, so there's a new Whitney Houston movie coming out. A movie about Whitney Houston's life, and mm-hmm. it's going to be, I think, one of the first theatrical movies about her life. And to me, I don't mind if that movie is a puff piece or if that movie is like just kind of like all about the positive or more like Bohemian Rhapsody where they just kind of like focus on the fun stuff and make it like epic and, you know, bright and in your face, just cause there's been so many other movies about and shows about Whitney Houston, where it was like the concentrate yeah. on Bobby Brown and her drugs and her, you know, relate her like bad relationships with blank, blank, blank. It's like, it's been the center of things so much that you should at least have one positive thing. So it's kind of like with Marilyn Monroe, it's like, yeah, there's just so much takes on Marilyn Monroe's life, like that it's kind of like, you know, I'm hoping that in the mix there is the positive one, or if there's the negative one, the one that's a little bit like more accurate, like Marilyn Monroe's life is just kind of, it's, it's one of the most picked at subjects in I would say modern pop culture for some reason, like yeah, it's, yeah, <laughs> it's a bit too much. I think it's, it's a like bit much, yeah, it's a bit much. Um, you know, when I saw, you know, Netflix sends you this notification like, hey, you know, what's coming up next week? Yeah. And I was like, oh, Blonde. And I was like, another movie about Marilyn Monroe. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but this like time we it, made but, things up. Ooh. But this time it's all made up. And uh, <laughs> this, well, it's it's weird because the story's made up. But I feel like the actor, the actress, is like the most is the one that looks the most like Marilyn Monroe. So it's kind of yeah. like, I guess, ironic in a way, because like yeah. a lot of the time, like a lot of the other movies that were more realistic or were always told from the point of view of one of her husbands or I don't know or boyfriends I can't remember because she had like some famous she you know she went out with John DiMaggio or something like a yeah. baseball player uh, Joe DiMaggio so, <laughs> John DiMaggio, DiMaggio is the guy yeah uh, sorry he's a bender on um I'm Futurama. sorry Bend. I'm sorry Bender <laughs> he's also uh the king in uh, enchantment or disenchantment uh <laughs> another Netflix property uh but um See, look how, how many times we yeah, said man. netflix i mean how many podcast. times yeah yeah i mean also how many times have i fucked up names on this podcast uh <laughs> probably every episode well we're real <laughs> we're human guys we're just trying <laughs> god don't judge me god Ugh. bro oh my god just god. let me live and just you know i feel like that's what the, the screenwriter sounded like when he was writing <laughs> just let oh, me live hard. joe 
<laughs> like, he, like he's Marilyn Monroe, like, yeah, yeah, he's, I'm he's hot because I have not understand. Oh, <laughs> Leave me alone, like, Joe. I'm a pop icon, okay? <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, thing is, Continue. you've motivated me to, to actually watch Blonde. Uh, the fact that it was number one on Netflix did not motivate me. In it's any way. long. Like I'm just it's saying, like two and a half hours. I mean, right? it's it's there's a lot of movies that are like two and a half hours, which is like fine, but it's it's the first two and a half hour movie I saw in a long mm-hmm. time, so it felt like long. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like uh, I probably spent more time on two seasons of Succession than like that the time I would have spent if I had seen Blonde, but I, I don't regret it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like the writing is so good on that show. It's really good. And what it's like season an Adam is it? McKay. Wait, hmm? wait, what season is it when he goes full fucking beast? Which um, I think it's season two. Okay. Or is it? No, no, actually it's the beginning of season one, uh, season three. Sorry. Okay. Cause uh, he was trying to get a lawyer but his nemesis got the lawyer. I mean, his son is his nemesis. So it's like, oh. it's always like him against the son, uh, one oh. of the sons. And, yeah. you know, it's like, because he was trying to get, let's say the smooth lawyer. Yeah. Who would like, you know, be like a good representative, yeah. but wouldn't be like a monster, like just like ram a case through. And then like, once mm-hmm. that's not an option, well, we're going to go with the beast gonna go full beast you know and and uh <laughs> but it's pretty good i mean i feel like they saved a lot of money on the score because they keep playing the same song over and over again it's like a korean really? drama show it's just like <laughs> it's like i don't know if for people who've seen k you know k dramas uh yeah. it's just like anytime there's something remotely romantic you'll hear like <laughs> like Dude. the same thing I mean, oh, in each, trying, like the song is different in each show, there. right? But like yeah. in one show, there's like two songs that they keep replaying over and over again. It's hard for me. Yeah, stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Succession is similar in terms of like, you know, that thing. They did that in Top Gun when the Lady Gaga song, they played it like every, what, 10 minutes or so just to like have it in there for some reason. Like it's like, they got, they got Kenny G out of the way. I don't know. Yeah. got Kenny G out of the way in the beginning and the rest of the movie was like, yeah. It was like, hold my hand. It was the Hans Zimmer version of that. But um, yeah, one week I, yeah when october comes i want to do a rundown of like some of the movies i watched because i watched some other movies like nope and stuff i feel like nope is going to take at least a half an hour for me to like mm. you know claw through because uh yeah it, it even though it was like a mainstream like imax movie it's like jordan peele is uh he's getting artsy i like it but he's he's <laughs> starting to, he's starting to get it's to that artsy <laughs> He's getting Werner Herzog, you know, he's getting to that point in his career where there's like a monkey and he's like, what does it mean? <laughs> what does it mean to see the cloud that does not move? What? <laughs> what is it on the, on the ranch of fear? Uh, <laughs> ranch of fear. I think like Werner a... Herzog, if he had made that movie, would have called it the ranch of fear. And it's uh, gonna, and instead there's no of nope. a, there's like five e's ranch of yeah. fear <laughs> the ranch of fear with Klau, no klaus kinski as the main actor klaus, did you say klaus kinski yeah okay. <laughs> he's a real guy no i think he's he was a real guy he was like one of the main he was like herzog's go-to guy oh like uh, you're not just naming the cloud in the no, movie no 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 oh okay no. there's actually Cla- he, he would yeah it, it works out right so it's like cloud <laughs> cloud kinski would play the cloud and then like the cloud would have a face and it would be yeah, i am coming to get you humans i feel like that would be like that that family guy um cutaway that was like russian cartoon mm-hmm. and it was just the scoreboard ha ha or something yeah <laughs> so it's just the I, one thing is like you have a cloud that comes out of the other cloud and it says ha ha on it you know yeah. <laughs> It's just like I am staying stationary Whoa. for a reason that you will discover later. What country was it where um <laughs> they had the kids show of like 
the guy with the penis that like flies everywhere or something or, like he he wraps his penis around like it was on um john oliver <laughs> talked about it yeah there's like a kid's cartoon where like a guy like wraps his penis around stuff isn't and, that like, like the boys <laughs> See, that's the difference between American and like international content. American American shows, if you had that kind of thing, you Dude. would you would make it rated NC seventeen and put it at a I mean, frat party and have a bunch of That sounds like sex. something Soviet. I don't know. It's like, yeah, I, <laughs> it's like <laughs> I think, it doesn't sound like anything that would be like big in Western Europe, but yeah, or not, Central Europe, not what or Europe. Right? I don't know. It's it just seems like a weird. But, but like he'll, uh, but thing. it's a, he'll actually like attach balloons to it and like lay back and just fly around for like part of the cartoon. Okay, I have to I have to find this because like I, be careful I what you type. Bullshit. By the way, I want to call. Yeah, I'll be, I'll be careful. Uh, I I will use protection, uh, but uh, like. <laughs> I mean, I want to call bullshit on John Oliver on this because I, I I don't buy it. No, it's this is this is real. You gotta, you okay. gotta look it up. Apparently, okay, apparently, whatever country this okay. is in, it's like a it's like a it's like a landmark cartoon. It's like basically saying American Idol in America is like the same thing as seeing this cartoon elsewhere. Yeah, it's yeah, it sounds like a cartoon that would come up just to like fuck with people. Yeah, or in like country, and people would be in on the joke. He's like, ah, oh, yeah, the penis, you know. Yeah, this small country with like a hundred people. You no, know, kind of like Eurovision, you know, like people. Yeah, exactly. are, hey, Eurovision. And yeah, Eurovision. Don't Americanize weird, yourself too, like too much. Eurovision. Come on, be weird again. I mean, okay, be weird. The, the American song contest feels like I'm flying on United. Like when I watch it, it's, it's just like <laughs> that is the best way to describe it. It's you know, like, it's like welcome. Here's our safety video with Spider Man. You know, it, it's it's yeah. like. Uh, uh, like American Song Contest felt like it felt like a student trying to create American Idol for like a project or something. American Song Contest yeah. felt like you know there was like a leftover room at NBC and people were like, "Go make a show with it, okay?" And then they just put okay. everybody in a small room and said, "Here, yeah." Go, I mean, go, go if they had done that, it would have been better, I think. <laughs> because no, like, that, that guy would have been like yeah i'm gonna do and then like oh yeah. yeah and then like snoop dogg is gonna present facts about like the states and then he's gonna say just stating the facts guys and then you're like hey. <laughs> in the physics like i can feel my soul dying right now yeah. <laughs> it's just i know it was like him and kelly clarkson i think yeah right yeah i mean we we were on the eurovision i mean the america vision like boat since before it was a thing and we, we actually pitched it on the podcast. You know, like, yeah, you know, we should do like, okay. American version yeah, okay. Of Eurovision. I'm going to give you some facts. So, so after yes. we talked about that, right. America song contest came out, mm -hmm. right. You know, remember our kissing booth two episode, how we started the episode mm -hmm. with, Oh, love yeah. goes where the rosemary grows. Yeah. Shortly after that became one of the trending songs on TikTok, and it's back in the billboard 100. Hmm. it is mm -hmm. we were what influential what, what what else there there, there are other ones there, there is one in another um episode yeah. so every so often i'm kind of like who are these like eight consistent people that listen to our podcast like i want to i think they'll work in hollywood <laughs> i think they're all in like one room they work or, at TikTok. <laughs> and then a couple then a couple of guys in ireland uh yeah. Well, we could be because it's like a bunch of people in San Jose. And then it's like in think about it this way: like Bo Burnham, <laughs> Bo, Bo Burnham, when he made his movie in eighth grade, he said yeah. he he specifically tried to find like YouTube videos with like very little viewership, like maybe like in mm -hmm. the hundreds or so, and tried to I don't know notice the way they talk and stuff, and made that yeah. part of the movie. And that tends to be what a lot of people do when they want to make like something mainstream too i think even john oliver did that before like a lot of the stuff he had on his show blew up after it was on his show but before it only had like what some hundred maybe thousand something at the most views so i'm kind yeah. of like are we that podcast maybe what if we're, we're, if we're that yes. podcast with i'm manifesting we are that podcast i'm manifesting jesus christ if i have to yeah. listen to that one more time <laughs> 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 The power of positive thinking, Michael. The power within. The power within. <laughs> for all you SpongeBob fans. That was season Bring four. The power season four blame. Yeah. <laughs> season four wasn't great, except for that part in SpongeBob. The power yeah. within. The power within.
power then, Bob. SpongeBob. <laughs> you know what's weird? I, I can't remember. Did they call him Bob or SpongeBob? I don't know. There, it was, he was like he was it wasn't big like, for me as a kid. Yeah, but he he was yeah. called like different things. The thing with SpongeBob for me, like it, the first maybe two three seasons were big for me as a kid because it was like clever. It was like clever but stupid. It was like one of the first shows that just introduced me to that kind of humor where you can just be like right. really like clever, like sipping tea going ha ha, but also just really stupid and kitty at the same time. Right. So it was like a gateway drug to like what Family Guy and like South Park and stuff, right? But Ooh. but um yeah. after but after those seasons, I was like, oh, it got too kitty. And then I found out the show was aimed for like age maybe 11 at the most. And I was like, right. I was like, how why, old were why you when have... you were enjoying Exactly. That? <laughs> I was like, why do I have feelings about this show now? <laughs> it's, like, <laughs> it's like, once I started learning about demographics and I started being like, why is the show so bad now? And the demographics is like ages like three to six. I'm like, all right, yeah. we're that guy now. Okay, we're going to leave. Okay, bye. Well, I know. It's like, I know cartoons from the 90s and early 2000s were kind of fucked up by today's standards. I mean, like, do you remember yeah. Cat and Dog? Cat, oh, or, Cat Dog? The Cat Dog, yeah. And like uh, Cow and Chicken as well. Cow and Chicken was, I don't know how they got away with like most of that stuff in that show. Like, they had a devil with his bare ass. And like, they always did like full close-ups of the devil's ass yeah. all the time. And then he was like, I'm very proud of my ass, you know, like, like you know, well, and well, you're you like eight like, uh, or nine and you're like, oh, okay. You got to think like before like E-Bombs World and like YouTube and all of that, like cable was the internet before the internet at one point. If you think about it, cable had a very short time of basically being like the main form of entertainment for people. Like yeah. even when cable was still around, you still had a lot of people with only like satellite, right? Not satellite, stupid um, antenna. So mm. it's like all, all of these channels were still just trying to like fill their station with as much stuff as possible and just trying to get attention. So the stuff that we grew up with as like cartoons from our childhood and nostalgia was them just trying to like make as many cartoons and see how fucked up you can go basically yeah. to try and, try and get attention to your channel. Like they were basically trying to go viral before viral. So that's yeah. why you had so many cartoons like Ren and Stimpy, which, you know, it was before my time. But once I watched a full episode of Ren and Stimpy for the first time, I was like, why was this allowed on TV? Yeah. I was like, it's like why is was this, this on Nickelodeon? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, Sp like Spike TV made like the adult quote unquote version of Ren and Stimpy later, but it mm -hmm. wasn't that far off from the kids version. It's like, it was, it was a messed so up show. Weird. I was like, yeah, I didn't know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> What's like, uh, I don't know, they, they had some weird stuff. Like, uh, I mean, Courage was probably my favorite show as a kid. Like, you know, the the yeah. Cowardly Dog. Yeah. Uh, but like, it was scary, man. Yeah. But but like, I don't know, as a kid, I kind of loved it. But there were like, uh, but nowadays I'm like, would they do this in yeah. the world of, you know, um, oh, what's that kid's show with like the, baby can't remember uh i forget the show was baby you know like the um, the one that everyone saw like ugh, it's like there's a chinese version called baby jojo but i can't remember what the the american one is oh uh, like it's gonna take it's gonna take me a while complicated name I, I might just yell it out at the end of this podcast yeah like, i think <laughs> it was on netflix for a while yeah uh yeah, I can't remember, but but like that feels. And then you know, I was watching Spidey and his amazing friends with my niece a couple yeah. months ago, yeah. and I was like, this is very kind of like, you know, kid friendly, very like yeah. non, um, you know, it's not an assault on the senses, is what I mean. And some of the stuff that we used to watch as kids were like taking acid or something. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but I can't. Yeah, but uh, I guess like I don't know. Like my favorite cartoon, as it, like at the age that my niece is, was probably Pinky and the Brain. Yeah, uh, you know, or like the Animaniacs and. Well, they had like a string of like Steven Spielberg produced shows that, like, um, 
like at that at that time when those shows came out, I was like like SpongeBob came out at a time when I could fully catch on and comprehend like plot and you mm-hmm. know non sequiturs and characters and this and that. But before that, like anim- Animaniacs and Tiny Toons and Pinky and the Brain, they were like yeah, they were like if you were if you were maybe 10 years old or maybe like seven in the early nineties, that was your gateway drug to like more smarter, more clever stuff and whatnot. And the thing is, of course, you're not going to have cartoons like that now because cable is the man. It's like, like even adult swim, like adult swim is not like the weird little like channel that's just trying to make stuff anymore. Adult swim is the mainstream. Like Rick and Morty is like, maybe at this point Warner Brothers biggest property that's not DC or trying to figure out what they're trying to do like Harry Potter so it's like it's like these channels like Cartoon Network and Nickelodeon Disney Channel they they don't have that place anymore of what they were what those channels were when we were kids now that position went to the internet and all these kids flock to YouTube and all like the meme compilations and all of that. And yeah, all the like the funny TikTok compilations stuff because they feel like it doesn't talk down to them. Like as a kid, you're always going to flock to anything that like you can understand, but like doesn't talk down to you. Like talking down to a kid is like the most surefire way of making sure that kid never listens to you again. <laughs> so it's like... So it's like, yeah, these these were like the cartoons and the shows that taught us kind of like how to think for ourselves, unless you were, you know, not the greatest kid. Then it taught you how to be an asshole. I don't know. <laughs> but anyway, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, it, it's uh, yeah, things have changed. Uh, you know, now it's all like uh, that's why like HBO Max was trying to do their, you know, HBO originals, like with the Looney Tunes and everything. And I now mean, they're like canceling yeah. everything. For- <laughs> but it's weird because like in the 90s, they used to replay all of the old Tom and Jerry stuff, like from the yeah. 50s and 60s, like all the old uh, Looney Tunes that were like classics by right. the time, I, you know, by the time I was born, they were already like classics. And yeah. uh, now it's like, well, it's too old. So we're going to make like a new version. Yeah, but I the old ones still go carry on. I don't know yeah. what it is about like, the old Tom and Jerry's especially, but it's like, it, it's so simple yet clever. And, it, and at the same time, it, people feel like they, they're not getting talked down to. Like, yeah. that's kind of like the opposite. That's always the opposite effect of like trying to sanitize things too much for kids is that on the other end, these guys are going to look for like the most messed up stuff. And yeah. it's like, I think it's getting to a point now where like, the kids and teenagers now growing up with like the random memes and the random humor eventually i think they're going to want to look for story even something as simple as tom and jerry like jerry comes out tom sees jerry tom chases jerry it's like even something with like that's like somewhat coherent they're going to look for because whatever you grow up with it's like you'll come back to it but you're going to want the opposite eventually so Mm -hmm. we're going to have good cartoons and stuff like more one day and again, I think that's what draws people to anime now. Like if you're a kid growing up now, you have these two extremes where it's like you had just all these random YouTube compilations that like don't make sense. It's funny, but it doesn't make sense. And on the other end, you have this like tightly written, tightly directed cartoon soap opera that basically forces you to pay attention so that you can like understand the nuances of the story but it still yeah. tells the story straightforward so it's like that's just the two extremes now yeah. all right i'm just gonna talk about the other thing i watched and you want to talk about something you watched after or uh no go ahead uh i can't remember what else i watched this week <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I've, 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 I've had some late nights shall we say at work so i haven't had time yeah. to watch too many things yeah uh, this week was my session yeah. This week was kind of my veg week, so I I watched um, Hocus Pocus two. Oh yeah, it came out yes like Friday, right? Yeah, not nice. bad. Good palate cleanser after nice. um, blonde. After a blonde, <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was um yeah no Hocus Pocus so two is was it is it good good I thought it was a good movie I thought 
it was smart for them because the writer from for this movie came from um the writer did things like solar opposites and wrote wrote for like workaholics and she she was basically one of like 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 she was some somebody who was like one of the writers for like a lot of like the funnier stuff in like the 2010s so this is kind of like her big debut as like a feature film writer and Mm -hmm. The director, Anne Fletcher, she's somebody that came from like a lot of rom-coms, like 27 Dresses. Um, yeah, that's the first one I could think of is like 27 Dresses. So these people are kind of like heavyweights in comedy, I would say now, or like in like a, the new style of comedy. And I think it's smart because like, if you really think about it, romantic comedies, it's all dependent on dialogue and chemistry. And I would say that's what makes this movie work because the people involved in this movie realized that's what made the first movie work. Like the Mm. witches and all of that, that was all like decoration, but it was like, you know, the chemistry between the three Sanderson sisters, you know, and then their whole fish out of water story. Um, the whole fact that like regular teenagers with these very teenage problems are trying to solve this very like big problem out of nowhere that the Sanderson sisters are back. Like a lot of it is kind of like a retelling of the first one, but with like a few twists, like instead Mm -hmm. of like a rebellious grungy boy, it's like a group of girls now that are into kind of like that like witchy occult stuff which you know that's realistic you know the, mm-hmm. there's always that group at school that's like into that kind of thing the gods <laughs> yeah but like the humor is like the, the humor is very much like based in you know like the 2010s very early 2020s you know it's like somebody was they were ac- actually able to get like the tropes and stuff and like incorporate that or like how even even how people were interact and incorporated this into in the movie without mm. like overdoing it without overdoing the like oh they're in 2022 now and not 1993 oh they're in the future right. they were able to not like hit you on the head with that mm. but this movie and i think the the the, the actress in the beginning looked familiar i gotta figure out where she's from but um uh that played the original like which that gave the sand that that met the Sanderson sisters and stuff. But this movie right. overall was just a really good, you know, love letter to what everybody loved about the first one. You know, it wasn't, it didn't hit, it didn't hit you in the head with Easter eggs. I, I don't even think you needed to really watch the first one to get this one. And I just watched the whole movie thinking like, how does Bette Midler, Sarah Jessica Parker and Kathy and Jimmy, how do they still have like, more energy and they're more sharp and they're more funny than like anybody my age and they're like what like like Bette Midler is 76 and I'm kind of like how are they all at this age and they're just like on it like I'm what I feel like I'm watching like the greatest vaudeville act right now (laughs) well uh, uh, they're not on TikTok all the time. <laughs> exactly. Uh-huh. <laughs> Old me, you the know, TikTokers. Like, uh, the TikTokers out there. <laughs> and also the the grammars, the Instagrammers. Uh, the guys on the gram, you know. Uh, <laughs> what? <laughs> I sound really cool. Yeah. I sound really cool right now, don't you think? Uh, but yeah. Cool. I- I'm gonna check it out. Um, like I've been wanting to check it out, but as usual with these like you know sequels from like 30 years later uh there's always kind of like a iffy kind of feeling to it but you know if the writing's good as you said it's good uh and bet midler's back i haven't seen bet like i feel like bet midler i've only seen her in two movies and that would be i guess hocus pocus and now that will be hocus pocus too as well yeah but Oh, I will just I list know. off the movies uh, I've seen her in. Uh, that Old Feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, have I seen First Wives Club? I think I've seen First Wives Club. Um, mm-hmm. Friggin' Hocus Pocus, Hocus Pocus 2. Yeah, now that I think about it, I haven't seen her in that many movies either. Like, it threw me off to see her for the first time without yeah. orange hair. <laughs> and, like, the buck teeth. Like, Sarah Jessica, Sarah Jessica Parker looks exactly the same in Kathy and Jimmy, but mm-hmm. Bette Miller without makeup is, like, who are you? <laughs> It's like 
you're not the the you're not the witch from Hocus yeah. Pocus. Yeah. Uh, but um, yeah. Oh, no, I, think, really I cool. think the other one was called a uh, Big Business. That was the other big um, business. That was the other um, nice. yeah, with the uh, Batman. But um, wow. oh, oh, yeah, the lady in the beginning I was talking about was Hannah mm-hmm. Winningham. So Ted Lasso, she that was her. Okay. Was, uh, oh, yeah. She's the chief executive, whatever. Yeah. Like she's Ted Lasso's boss, right? Yeah. Yeah. She's, uh, I first saw her in Game of Thrones because she plays a, a matron or, or a nun of some kind. Yeah. Uh, who, um, I mean, for lack of a better word, tortures uh, one character yeah. with shame, and then like <laughs> she she like forces the the queen to walk through the town totally naked, and then rings a bell. And every time she rings a bell, she's like shame, shame. Oh, that's her shame. that does it. Oh. Yeah, yeah, that's her that does that. So it's like uh, it's it was so weird to see her in Ted Lasso as like without the habit and all the you know the, yeah. the accoutrements, you know whatever uh but oh cool but hmm one i'm not sure if i want to talk about it this week maybe next week but like i've been watching andor yeah oh and it's like maybe we should save it for another episode because i have a lot of good things to say about andor yeah um i'll I'll just say right now i think that this andor like I, I, I'm not all caught up. I watched the first two episodes, and like, um, I think Andor is my favorite Star Wars show under Mandalorian. That's my yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> me too. It yeah. feels like I'll just say something about like it. Just feels like it fits that you know originals world. Like even the actors have like 1970s haircuts. It's just yeah. like it feels like it could have been filmed with actors from like the 1970s. Yeah. It's just like it it really fits into that time frame of like because it's supposed to happen before Rogue One, which was before, you know, New Hope and all that stuff. Yeah. And, um, you know, the the actors that they got for this show are just like they're all like really good heavy hitters. Like, you know, I have Stellan Skarsgård is in there. Diego Luna as uh, Cassian Andor is just like really cool. But and really good at at the role and like this is like a prequel to rogue one so like this is before he becomes a spy badass whatever you know that he was in rogue one yeah um and it yeah it's the most adult feeling star wars show i've seen like it feels like an adult made this not like a grown-up teenager you know it's kind of you know because some of the star wars stuff feels like it was made by a, a teenager that like whose body has aged yeah know? so they're not teenagers anymore but yeah. like it feels like an actual story that i mean i love the mandalorian but to a certain extent it also feels a bit like uh you know we're gonna have boba fett here we're gonna have hey, that's cool and yeah. you know like there's a lot of like cameo stuff and little winks <laughs> you know yeah. and uh which i enjoy but uh, Andor feels like okay this is a serious story about yeah. the beginning or you know the the beginnings of the rebellion and, and everything and how like why would people be motivated to be a rebel versus like yeah you know the bad guys and we're the good guys yeah you like know? like i'm at a point now where i would be like almost upset to see a lightsaber even though it probably comes out at some oh, point definitely i like don't put the force in andor like fuck don't, the force. no that's gonna throw it <laughs> off like this feels like the show feels like it takes place in like the everyday person's corner of star wars mm-hmm. like most star wars shows and movies feels like it takes place in the section of the universe where everybody's like bah, bah. like everybody like kind of like has like the cadence of a, of a muppet basically which makes yeah. sense because you know yoda was a muppet but it was like they talk very like we gotta go here and then andor takes place in the corner of the universe where people just talk like normal people or like yeah like hey do you you want to drink no okay strippers of course not okay and that's how they talk it's like (laughs) it's like it's like i came first why don't i see the strippers first yeah that's the plot of like episode one yeah yeah, yeah. (laughs) and or yeah and and it's weird because like and and it's weird because it's like the way they um they make the shots i would say or like the cinematography it takes 
certain kinds of Star Wars iconography, but it presents them in a way where it looks like a place that exists here. Like if they show yeah. a city and on some planet, the way they like make the shot, like how in the first episode you had like the you mm-hmm. had the water and you had a bridge going over it that he was um that he was running across. It looks yeah. like it could be a place like on earth like it could mm-hmm. be a place that you know, you know what i mean like it, it doesn't yeah. it doesn't look like a far-fetched place and to me it's like it's the first time that if it, it feels like you're seeing star wars from a grounded perspective of like Definitely. how this world looks like just to an everyday person and the way it looks like to an everyday person looks like how our world looks like to us so it's yeah, what, what's like yeah. what what's the Sith like we always see like the Sith versus the Jedi Ooh, you know they're the kings of the universe you know whatever but then like what's the what's the infrastructure you know like you have a whole spy like the yeah the whole spy organization you have the whole like you know they explore all of that in Andor which is like well who are the people that actually keep the the empire together yeah. like it's not just like emperor palpatine being like oh do this and then like everything's done no it's like there's a whole system under there and i yeah. feel like they always kind of shit all over that and in, in in most of like the star wars stuff because it's always about well who has the force let's focus on those people yeah. and um you know i think what most people kind of liked about the original trilogy is that oh you have one guy who's like a wizard and the and they have a wizard on the other side who's like a bad guy and uh but but then like who are all the rebels who are like actual normal people who are trying to fight the empire so it's so it's less about like we are the chosen one like you know it's it's uh, i'm kind of sick of the whole chosen one dynamic that they have going on in yeah star wars like who was the chosen one is it anakin is it luke is it ray like who gives a shit it really feels like (laughs) episode um seven eight and nine was really it, w- it was really designed to close out the skywalker saga mm-hmm. or the, the, the skywalker story and stuff so that we can focus on these other parts of star wars yeah but it, i think they could have done it better but like yeah. i think they yeah. did it they did it right if their goal was to n- discourage me from ever wanting to see stuff like that again like, yeah no it felt corporate <laughs> the fact that it felt like that was the plan while i was watching it is not a good sign like maybe at the yeah. time i was like starting to understand like media business and stuff so i was like oh that's pretty smart but when you look back on a movie and it feels like a corporate plot to do something it's it's not a good I'm sign i'm gonna make movie. you hate star wars so that you can watch this other star wars stuff that's actually good uh yeah exactly <laughs> we're gonna make you hate the skywalker trilogy so we never have or saga so we never have to focus on the skywalkers again uh let's give finn a good tv show (laughs) i was actually just thinking a good tv show i was actually just thinking about the other day they they need to get force he could just be a cool like swashbuckling dude through the universe like you know yeah now that he's like law yeah he would be the perfect. Like he can save like the ex troopers, like try yeah. to deprogram them in some way. I, yeah, yeah, give the one Star Wars fan of the trilogy of the the, the sequel trilogy like something he can shine in. It's pretty yeah. telling when the John Boyega, the one Star Wars nerd of the whole thing, yeah, is like got, the one that's saying I'm never. He's the one yeah. that said I'm I'm never coming back to this franchise or like I am good yeah. without this. So that's that's not a good sign <laughs> yeah that's not a good sign like he like his character got majorly uh screwed yeah like you know i think they built him up in the first like in episode seven and yeah. then episode two was kind of like oh well he learned nothing from the last episode he's still a coward and, yeah, and then, then episode three <laughs> you know yeah. it's like oh okay he's relegated to being whatever he was supposed to be i don't know yeah and I and I believe him that it's not entirely JJ Abrams' fault because like JJ Abrams, JJ Abrams almost admits the fact that he was kind of just like the the doer for whatever Disney and all mm-hmm. the other execs and all the other people around him wanted to do with Star Wars. 
he was yeah. just like the filter to go make it happen yeah. but it was like yeah and then ryan yeah. johnson was the one guy that had like full reign and quite de- quite divisive his movie but <laughs> the thing is it's like i think uh you know they should have maybe had more of a say in the ryan johnson you know when he was when he took over the reins because like ryan johnson is good at certain things yeah, uh, I think he's like I love Knives Knives Out, and I'm really looking forward to uh, the sequel that's coming out on Netflix in a few months uh, yeah. with uh, you know Daniel Craig. Like Knives Out, great. Uh, but like, and as a standalone movie, The Last Jedi, I enjoyed that movie. Like, I you really had some moments where you know uh, yeah. my jaw dropped for half the movie because you're like, oh wow, yeah, like they actually did that you know uh but like in a good way but then when you look at it and within the continuum of all the movies you're like what the fuck did he do yeah exactly um, <laughs> yeah they, they, they like, basically yeah. allowed him to do the cool one-off the cool frank miller-esque one-off of star wars yeah. but he had to like you know it, it was actually like, let canon, him do, so yeah like, oh, i mean but okay. like let him do something that's like disconnected from yeah. having to be like in a continuum of like the the start like just give him a disney plus show or like they could they they should have just given him a disney plus show about some random character and he would have done really well there finn no okay. finn, yeah you know but like i think he's the one who shadow like all over finn personally speaking. well then maybe not okay <laughs> <laughs> well because like finn has this whole moment at the end of episode seven where he's like yeah i'm gonna go and save ray because like even though i was a coward at the beginning of the movie i'm finding my courage to save this person that i care about and you know and i'm gonna rebel blah blah and then episode eight is like oh i'm in like we're in deep shit i'm gonna escape you know yeah. even though i just proved to everyone that i'm not a like i am better than than what people think me to be you know or whatever because like he essentially deserted the first order and then he was about to like you know leave ray but then he chose to like save her at the end of episode seven and at the beginning of episode eight he's like okay well fuck this i'm i'm out guys uh essentially you're like what did he didn't he learn every anything from episode seven like uh, and then he gets put in the right direction by um, I can't remember the character's name, but you know the the girl who kisses him at the end of uh, Last Jedi. Yeah. yeah, I can't remember, but uh, but sh- her character is also like shortchanged in Episode Nine. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I think, you know, yeah, I don't know. So many things to complain about. Last yeah, Jedi, the one uh, and Tran, Tran, nine. right? Yeah, um, yeah, to, yeah. Her, I, yeah, I, I can't remember her character's I name. I can't remember her character. Yeah, that that's not good. But yeah, <laughs> can't yeah. remember. The thing is, it's like boo about the writers. Boo. Right? But I think the thing is, it's like when you give characters that storylines that just don't matter, the characters don't matter. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Like, don't just have someone in a movie just to be like, oh, you know, like, casino's bad. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's that, like, that, that, whole, you know, that, that whole part of the movie had, like, no bearing on, like, You know, and anything. then, yes, <laughs> they freed horses to destroy the casino. They're just going to build the casino again. Like, they don't give a shit. Like, yeah. No, that whole B-plot, like, did nothing for the overall story. You know, it's maybe, like, maybe it, it helped feels Finn good. find his strength at the end. I don't know, but it did nothing. <laughs> well, the thing is, like Finn sacrificing himself at the end of the movie would have been a cool kind of plot point. Uh, mm. But like, they didn't really build up to that, and uh, you know, I don't know. It, it's just like Ryan Johnson. I think is good at quippy stuff. He's good at like plots. You know, like he's good at moments. But I feel yeah. like, you know, unless it's, I don't know, like murder mysteries are very meticulous in terms of, like, you have to be very meticulous in terms of like, this happened, so that happened. Like, it's very mechanical, but it's not emotional. And like, uh, when you look at the emotional, let's say, connections in that movie, they just don't make any sense to me. So, you know, Ryan Johnson, come to our podcast, please. Thanks. That's uh, it's criticized.
one of the biggest directors. I think it's like, you know, (laughs) I'm interested in, because like, I don't know how much the studio had, you know, to say in that movie. I think we shit all over Ryan Johnson for The Last Jedi, but I'm sure that, you know, the, you know, the executives had. had I I feel like, like Ryan Johnson, given the restrictions and non-restrictions he had made a great movie. Cause you have to, every time you look at like, a director's film or writer's film, mm-hmm. you have to also look around like the context of their situation. Yeah. And at the end of the day, this is a business and they have a role within that business. And yeah. in my head, I'm kind of like, did he do his role correctly? And Ryan Johnson did his role yeah. well. Yeah. <laughs> Cause that was the thing role. is like the movie. It, it is a good movie. It's yeah. just not, it just doesn't fit into the whole story that they were telling for yeah. that trilogy. So like a one-off so that yeah. it, it was a great one-off movie yeah. like i i won't say i won't say anything to the contrary but like as a middle movie as like the climax of a trilogy um you know it just didn't fit and then yep. it kind of you know it was like let's do episode seven okay building blocks episode eight oh well you know screw all that and then episode nine is like well we're trying to rebuild what the other guy you know destroyed but like it's not really working yeah and yeah as usual i i, I find a way to put in star wars somewhere uh we're, we're doing a star wars and anime podcast one day yeah it's just i think that's our or are um, we our already doing it <laughs> <laughs> on that note uh <laughs> where can they find us <laughs> thank you for listening uh you guys can find us on instagram at what we stream and you can send us emails to what we stream podcast at gmail.com so uh thank you for listening guys and uh, see you next week peace <laughs>